Welcome to Buffy the Vampire Strayer, where three Australians talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode by episode. I'm Chris. I'm Mabel. And I'm Megan. And today we are discussing season three, episode six, Band Candy. Yay. Band Candy. Woo! I think this is the most excited I've been going into an episode. Like oh, I think when I just, like, turned it on this morning, I was just like, <laughs> just so keen and just so excited Aww. to see my favorite characters and what they're going to get up to this week. You know? Yay! Yay! And do you think that's because uh, you feel like the show's like the quality is getting better and so you're just enjoying it more? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, undeniably. Awesome. Like, I think a lot of shows do struggle in their first season or two. Yeah. And Buffy's just hit its stride, man. Yes. Like, yes. And so I was so excited for the episode. And 45 minutes later, I think this is my favorite episode ever. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes! This is so, so much fun. This is such <laughs> a good episode. So yeah, this, this episode was totally like, there were so many bits. I was like, oh, this is such a like classic Buffy, like the way they're doing this. So yes. Good. I love, I love me whenever you like um, introduce what episode we're talking about. And whenever it's like a good one, you can hear Chris like, there's like the silence and then Chris like inhales as he's about to like express his positive relief. <laughs> he's like, I have something to say. <laughs> Oh I have something good to share. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, I knew this was going to be a Chris yes. inhalation episode. <laughs> yes. It's so exciting. All right. Well, let's get into it. Australians watching Buffy. It's Buffy the Vampire Australia. So, Band Candy, written by Jane Espenson and directed by Michael Lang. Now, I say Jane Espenson's name like that because Jane Espenson is a stalwart of Buffy. Like, Buffy fans know the name Jane Espenson. This is the first episode that she has written for Buffy. Yeah, so I was going to say, haven't heard... Yeah, yeah, haven't heard her name yet. And so, and she's right. quite, you know, she's often interviewed because she's a producer on the show. Um, and yeah, and so I was really excited about the fact that we were watching a Jane Espen episode, her first one. So this was very exciting for me. That's really interesting to hear because it was yeah. really well written. Like it had yes. the right mix of like Buffy speak and like character stuff. And that's really yeah, that's interesting, interesting to hear, I, I don't know whether it was just the mood I was in today or or what, but I was actually really struggling to find quotes like i love this episode don't get me wrong it's always been one of my favorite episodes but as it was going i was like i'm not finding like individual lines or individual I moments it's just an overall experience yeah. that's good about this episode right i find that with the good episodes sometimes it's like the it's so just like general quality buffy that yeah. nothing like stands out but you just kind of are enjoying all the dialogue in it and i think yes. that's when it's hard to find a favorite quote but it's not because any of the dialogue is crap no like, no i couldn't disagree more oh really okay <laughs> I, have heaps. I have so many quotes i have way oh, too many funny. are you gonna meet <laughs> in this episode chris <laughs> yeah no i'll just, just oh them in there go again <laughs> So this episode, uh, Buffy is forced to grow up even faster when Mr. Trick executes a devious plot to render the town defenceless by causing, causing Sunnydale's adult population to inexplicably behave as irresponsible adolescents. Meanwhile, mm. Buffy struggles to keep Angel's return and recovery a secret while her mum and Giles conspire to, sh conspire to schedule her 24 hours a day. That's a weird... That's a weird synopsis. <laughs> It's like tricky. Buffy's forced to grow up even faster. I guess so. Yeah, because she becomes the adult. She's like I the suppose. caretaker now. She's looking after yeah, them. Yeah, no, I think that's you know? fine. All right. All right. And I think. Oh, the car thing's weird. Yeah. 
sort of the opposite there, really. She's sort of just as reckless when she's driving. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. I, I, I have a question for you at that point in the, in the show, actually, when we get to it. Yeah. Right. yeah. Like, American learner permit driving stuff always weirds me out when I watch it. In yes. I'm like, why is your system so weird? Yeah, why is she allowed um, to just drive on her own? I know. I don't get it at all. Yeah, but, like, it, yeah. Um, yeah. No, but well, she's like, she's this, not, right? It's illegal. For her to do that, what she did, I just, right? I'm pretty sure it's illegal. Yeah, it's got to be. Anyone, doesn't have a license. Any of our American listeners, please let us know. I'm fairly certain it's illegal. Like, you either have your, you can get your license at 16. Yeah. But if you haven't got your license, you definitely need to be supervised. Yeah. Well, she's not even on her L's yet, right? No, because she has another test. Are there L's in America? I don't know I don't if know. there are L's. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those times where being Australian has really like left us in the dark on this. I know. I feel like maybe maybe they take like a written test. And, well, that's. I, don't know. I, I mean, don't, we do that. We that's take like a written us. Test. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyway, this is not important. We open on a cemetery for a study session. I love it. I love the like uh, you know super Giles doing this big dramatic quote, and then he's like, "Are you ready, Buffy?" <laughs> And it's an SAT prep test. It's good stuff. Uh, The whole scene is really just like pleasant and funny and cute. Like I love how they get interrupted by the vampire fight and then... Giles is like right pencil. back to it. Yeah, he like he's like here's a spe-, and he's like continues with the multiple choice question. <laughs> not even phased by being like thrown off the cemetery stone. Like yeah, yeah, I know he's just so nonchalant about it. It's great. Yeah, gotta love a cemetery um, start. Yeah, Classic. cemetery start. Ah, um, uh, yeah. So actually, like like. Yeah. After the Classic credits. Buffy. I know. After the credits, we I was like, ah, it's a good old Buffy formula episode. Open on a cemetery, go to the villain, credits, then a school scene. It, it I just, know. It felt like slipping it's, on a pair of old comfy jeans. It's Buffy. Uh, and not only... <laughs> Not only the format, we've got we've got the added classic Buffy element of like the whole plot being a metaphor for what Buffy's going through. Yes, you yeah. know, like it's just yes. perfect Buffy. It was perfect. Yeah. It, was, it was the quintessential Buffy experience. You know, I feel yeah. like I feel like this episode should be one of those ones that you highlight as one someone should watch for the first time to really get yep. a feel for what Buffy is. Yeah, although yeah, they do need, I, f- I feel like they get more out of it if you've experienced the adult characters first in their like normal phase, so True. that you can really appreciate. True. How they oh act my god! Oh, there's some good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So from the cemetery, Buffy says, "Us and the undead are the only ones working this late." Turns out it's their man, the ambiguous man. But then mm. we, uh, then uh, he opens up his cabinet filled with creepy stuff and um, identifies as a demon worshiper. So, yep, definitely evil. Confirmed evil. Yeah, is that the bit where he like <laughs> smells the the demon's drunken head? head. Yeah, yeah, he like bring, he opens his like mystery cupboard yeah. and then like picks up this head and smells it and because like, he's looking for the whiskey. whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> why is he smelling it? Because he's looking for his whiskey. Yeah, it's a lot. He doesn't know where his whiskey Adding is. creep factor, <laughs> like it's so weird. Also, character flaw. That dude is a germaphobe. There's no way he's keeping his whiskey in a shrunken head. I'm just saying. Great point. I'm just saying. Great Thank point. You. Oh, is Good that what it was, it was supposed just, to be? Was the whiskey supposed to be in I the think head? he was looking for his whiskey because, like, oh. yes. Because, yeah. Mm. That makes mm. slightly more I mean, sense. maybe it's sterilized. Maybe he's, like, figured all maybe. that out. They've gone to the bottom maybe. of that. Yeah. I just love Trick and Maya together. Yes. I just got this, like, their energies should not mold together at all, but they just really, really do. And, yes. like... They both are like trying to steal the scene, but because they're both so good, they're like neither are, and it's just like really, really sick. I, they're I love mesmerizing them to watch. Yeah, their oh, scenes yeah. together I, are yes. fab. 
Yeah, I love how Trick is still, like, he's such a commanding presence on his own, but he he gets to keep that while still being kind of intimidated by the mayor. Like, he's yes. close. Agree. Yeah, yeah, they managed that yeah. really well, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So um, Snyder is forcing the gang to sell band candy. Um, that'll... Get fucked. No, <laughs> sell your own fucking candy, I man. know. I love, band guys. I love as soon as you flip to the Joy scene where she's like, um, but you're not in the marching band. It's like, yeah, it's not as fucking whack. Uh, yeah. So fun fact from Buffy Wiki, uh, I don't know which episode this happens in, but there's an episode later on where you see the yearbook, like one of the last episodes of oh, this yeah. season where they have the yearbook and it, and it says somewhere in the yearbook that the band raised $600,000 selling band candy this year. <laughs> <That's so laughs> Which funny. is a nice callback to this episode. I love that, that detail. So like, when you started that sentence with fun fact, I thought this was going to be one of those like Megan's weirdly American <laughs> high school also had a marching band. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, my high school also had a marching. Did it? Did your school have? And we all have to raise chocolate. We didn't have a marching band, but it had a band. I mean, I don't think we. I mean, we raised money for our like take note tours, like when when us when our choir went on tour, we we raised money for that with chocolate. On tour, take yeah. note tour. Yeah, it was called the take tour note where? tour. We had t-shirts. Uh, we went down to Sydney and we participated in some gospel. There was some gospel singing like convention and we learned it was so cool we learned how to sing this so like you learned how to like sing gospel style and you know there was this song called storm is passing over and it was just like really simple tune it's like the storm is passing over the storm is passing over and you all just sing it and then everyone else comes in over the top and is like um it's passing over you know you do like little riffs and stuff it was so much fun what is going on anyway (laughs) you guys started it i didn't start this we did (laughs) we did start it only Um, yourselves to play you definitely finished it. <laughs> uh, so we cut to a cute Joyce and Buffy scene. I do love these two together. Oh my god, you're losing it. That's hilarious. Um, cute Buffy Joyce scene where Buffy begs uh, Joyce to be able to drive again. And we see later why Joyce was right to tell her no. Yeah, but like, just teach her you yeah, know like yeah. support your daughter she's trying to learn i know and on. this whole like i don't want you going off you know because like they're still punishing her for having got like you know you, at some point you just I need know. to let that shit go grow up yeah i feel like that scene was sort of like two two things it was part of it was the really good usual you get to see like the buffy and mum rapport where yep. she joyce is kind of just like a normal mum, and they have these cool interactions but then you have this extra like overbearing mother stuff that's happening actually when i wrote cute joyce buffy scene that was like the beginning of the scene and actually as the scene progresses it's like oh no joyce is turning back into that annoying version of the caricature mum that you know yeah which just seems like a bit more out of character like the first bit felt a little more authentic and then it just gets a bit crazy yeah i agree uh so so then we cut to a bit of a, like, you know, a couple of scenes together where Buffy tells Willow that she has to spend the evening with her mum, then she tells her mum that she has to spend the evening with Giles, and then she tells Giles that she has to be with her mum. Sneaky Buffy. When she should be patrolling. Frankly. <laughs> She's so chill about not patrolling. <laughs> no. Like, people are dying. There's people no. die when you don't patrol, Buffy. Buffy. Do you understand? I know. It's such a random, like, oh, I don't have time to do it tonight, so, like, just not going to do it I tonight. I don't have time it's to like, patrol. well, you know... 
I don't understand why it's so optional to patrol. It's weird because I feel like in no other episode is patrolling an optional thing. Like if Buffy can't patrol, Giles or the Scooby gang do it for her. Like there's always like a, you know, oh, if Buffy, Buffy's sick, so someone else has to patrol tonight. Like there's always patrol. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what Faith is doing all episode. Well, that's actually what I was just about to say. Where the hell is Faith in this episode? Yeah, maybe she's. That's she's not mentioned. I know. That's kind of funny. Because I think at the start I was thinking like, oh, is there something about Faith here? And then there wasn't, and then I completely forgot she existed. Yeah, me too. (laughs) For the whole episode, (laughs) so did Jane Espenson. (laughs) Yeah, until you guys mentioned her just now, I was like. Oh my god, I forgot Faith had already been introduced as a character. (laughs) Yeah, right. So I do enjoy the scene between Giles and Buffy, the training scene, uh, where Giles has this little moment of thinking he's tricked Buffy with his little blindfold ball game. And he's all like, oh, it's not that easy, huh? And then gets smacked in the face with a ball. That was great stuff. (laughs) Comedy. Yeah. I do uh, like her comment of like you. You clearly like run out of training ideas, and it like kind of feels like he has. It did kind of feel that way. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. <laughs> so instead of doing all of those things, being with Willow or her mom or or Giles, Buffy instead has um, gone to perv on Angel doing shirtless sweaty tai chi. And frankly, I get it. I get it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Tai Chi, is that what that was? Is that I what mean, he was fucking trying to do? He's doing like <laughs> movement. Tai chi? It looks like Tai Chi to me. He's just throwing his arms around. <laughs> he had no idea what he was doing. Uh, it was adorable. He's recovering from demon dimension trauma. Okay? Excuse him if his Tai Chi is a little off. Yeah. Oh my and can God. we just call out that this scene was definitely the contractually obliged appearance oh. of Angel? Yeah. So... <laughs> They really shouldn't have put him in the opening credits. No. Like, no. Can we just go half a season without seeing Oh, like, it was like such a cringe. I mean, like I I'm like I love Angel, same, you know, but same. like these scenes. It got to the end of it and I was like, oh, I really see how they had to like offset this with some good yeah. range. I mean, know? that was like, such a pointless scene, right? Like, I oh, mean, yes, you so had the little bits of sexual well. tension between them and whatever, but it was just like such an unnecessary scene. <laughs> Ah, really? Yeah, pointless. Really, really what, pointless. What phase of Angel is this? Because we've sort of talked about his phases before. Mm. Like he's sort of moody, and then he's like an asshole, and then he's like the best. And what what what, what phase is this? Because he's sort of nothing at the moment. I think it's recovery. A bit of a nothing phase. It's just like yeah. a recovery phase. Like I mean, they had to they had to acknowledge that he's literally just come back from fucking hell, and that's going to take yeah. some time to heal from, right? Mm. And so, like, I think it's just kind of a bit of a like you know, acknowledging the fact that it takes time to heal from what he's doing. You know, they want him in every episode, so he's slowly getting better and they're slowly showing his recovery. And I guess that was kind of the point. So he's just, he is kind of nothing right now. He's just like recovery angel. Yeah. Um, sorry, what were we talking about? We were talking about the pointlessness of angel. Oh, the pointlessness of <laughs> angel. In this episode. Just in this episode. Just in this yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah, so he was in hell for 100 yeah. years. Or give or take. Um, which doesn't yeah but would he would he forgotten about Buffy in a hundred yes. years well he frankly kind of, like, he did for a bit he was all like Buffy it's like, yeah. but they've got their whole like mm. eternal love thing that's unbreakable bond yeah and, you know, and I think that's kind of the point right like he's literally spent a hundred years being tortured so both mentally and physically he has some healing to do hence the Tai Chi mm, true <laughs> yeah it all makes sense Chris I don't know what your issue is Fuck that it <laughs> <laughs> was not Tai Chi <laughs> I don't know what Tai Chi is, but I've seen old ladies doing it in the park and they do it way better than Angel does, all right? 
<laughs> oh. oh, God. So Buffy leaves the pointless scene with Angel. She gets home and is busted by Giles and Joyce. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's over. It's great yeah. stuff. And I'm curious, like, Chris, because I think here I start to really enjoy how they subtly start hinting at them. Uh, did you notice anything? Yeah, did you yeah. notice anything off between I'll, I'll, Giles and Joyce here? <laughs> I'll tell you what I noticed mm-hmm. first. I, I mean, you sort of notice they're getting closer, yeah. Giles and Joyce. Yeah. Um, it's hard, it's hard yeah. to ignore, really. But even just, like, that their behaviour was different, right? Like, well, like, like even the biggest thing I noticed... Yeah. The biggest thing I noticed in this scene was how good Giles is at sounding like he's chewing chocolate as he speaks. <laughs> he's really, really good at it. He's really good at it. Yeah, it's He's so good at it. I don't know how he does it. Oh, Anthony Stewart uh, had his great. Oh, oh yeah, he's, he's so, so good. good. He's so good. He's so good. I, uh, but no, yeah. Deanna, no, I didn't pick that. But Danny didn't think it was weird because I always think it's weird. Like even at the start when they're like, you know, telling Buffy off and Joyce just like casually offers Giles some candy bar. Yeah. Didn't, didn't that seem weird? Or were you, was it so normal? The second time when they're sitting on when the couch and Giles couch. like offers back to her. Yeah. I'm like, they are eating a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> that was for me. The moment. I don't think I even noticed it when yeah. Joyce first, first handed Giles a chocolate bar, like the first time I saw this, I feel like that was kind of like, it seemed somewhat legitimate, you know, like she, she just bought yeah. like 20 bars of chocolate. That's fine. Whatever. But then when they sit down on the couch and, and they're still eating chocolate, I'm like, this is, seems odd. And then we yeah. cut to yeah. chocolate bars being, uh, being distributed by none other than our favorite villain, Ethan rain. <laughs> so I had forgotten his name. <laughs> uh, in my notes, I had a few guesses. Uh, we got Raymond. <laughs> See how you got there? Adrian? Adrian. Michael? <laughs> I was pretty confident with Adrian, but... Uh, Adrian. Still not correct. Oh, my God. I love that you spent time guessing what his name was. That's oh so great. God. Oh, That's sometimes so I wish we could watch these together. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we cut to a scene which I'd like to ignore, if it's okay with everybody. Ugh. Oh, Wait, was this, is this, was this the um, study hall? Yeah, one? we're back in, we're in oh, study hall. They fuck. can put as much romantic music over it as they like, but I it is ick. It is ick. Cannot and pretty, I cannot deal ick. with it. I no. cannot. We already had the, like, we, we already discussed this, like, yeah, the last time. We have, but we have. So just for the listeners at home, in case you can't remember, this is a scene where Willow and Xander are all playing footsie under the table whilst Cordelia is sitting in front of them at study hall. I don't even care about the Wait, Cordelia this... factor. The footsies alone is the footsies I alone can't. is disgusting. I can't. Yes. But was this scene B X or A? <laughs> this is how I measure time. <laughs> oh, it's actually like it's heartbreaking oh. because Cordy is like they're building this up now to show that Cordy yeah. is genuinely like having feelings for Xander. But like this is again why it just doesn't make any sense because even earlier in the episode you have another like cute. Willow and Oz scene like mm. she's all proud mm. of him scoring so high on the SATs and stuff and they just have the their normal Willow and Oz cutesy moment to the point where I had forgotten about the gross Willow and Xander shit yeah and then this happens again and I'm like there is no way there is no way that Willow yes would let would do this, this go on like no, this and be still won't. so comfortable with Oz you know like the girl she, cannot lie remember the few exactly. times she's tried to lie to Buffy you know it's just not it's not at all fe- feasible it doesn't make any yep. sense no. if she was actually like 
giving time to some feelings towards Xander, she would not be able to continue with Oz like she mm-hmm. has. It's just impossible. So, yep. yeah, let's just Agreed. ignore the scene because it's yep. fucking trash. It's trash. How long is this going to go on for? <sighs> level with me. Who knows? <laughs> As if we're going to level with you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think this is? Some kind of spoilery podcast? Yeah, I guess not. I guess not. Uh, Did you really think that would work? <laughs> I love how well you follow the honor system, Chris, though. I, love I know, how you me will too. never look anything up. It's good. And Except for that one time you looked up I... that person on IMDb and were spoiled by them. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, still, okay, aside from the trash yeah. that happens in the state hall, we've yep. got a bit more, like, plot development going on. And Chris, like, what, what are you thinking? How are you here? Like, what does yes. the candy do? We know that Snyder and Miss Barton. Oh, I, think, actually, I had a guess here. Like, during that really awkward Snyder um, grandma teacher <laughs> scene in the, in the hallway, I'm like, this is really awkward. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, is it a major thing? Turning into teenagers? Mm. That was my guess. Maybe. But then I got consumed. Like, the, the old lady teacher. Yeah. She, has she been in an episode before? Has she been a teacher in an episode uh, before? I don't know, Chris. Would you Would you like to know more about her? <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks for that lead-in. You totally knew. I was fishing. I was fishing. I was fishing and I caught one. I caught, I caught the biggest fish in the pond. Oh, my God. Let's find out more about her because she's this week's Name of Mine Character. It's so funny on the Zoom end. I have to like, I have to hold back on the screaming. So I know. That was beautifully done, Chris, and I thoroughly appreciate it. It's the best lead in we've had to a name that minor character yet, and I'm going to expect it every week now. (laughs) So I chose Miss Barton uh, partly because she has one of my favourite lines in this episode, which is, are there any nachos in here, little train? She's great. She's fantastic. I love Hi, Miss Barton, that we get a little later on. I do love how, like, (laughs) the teenager curse is just everyone getting high. Right? And being really petulant. Frankly, just quickly, just going off of the name that minor character for a second. Yeah. Um, I feel like this episode is really quite derogatory towards teenagers in a in an almost yeah. uncomfortable way. Like I just think it's actually a little bit too far. Anyway, that's all, that's, yeah. that's the point. Uh, so you're not wrong. So she was portrayed by Peg Stewart. Band Candy is her only episode. Uh, she's known as Peg Stewart on the Buffy Wikia, but her IMDb lists her as Peggy Stewart. Um, she okay. died last year, May 29, oh. at the ripe old age of 95. Wow. She had God a good her. innings, did our Peggy Stewart. And she was oh. a hardworking actress her entire life. 168 credits to her name. Her Whoa. first ever movie was a movie called Wells Fargo in 1937. Oh my God. At the bank? At the bank? Sure, maybe. I don't know. Oh, Wells Fargo is like a really big bank in America. Oh, probably then. Yeah. Oh. Um, so she she actually um, she signed up to a, a, a picture company. If you recall back in those days, um, yes. people were signed to a studio. So she was with Republic Studios, um, which was her husband's studio. And she made westerns and serials. Oh. Um, in three years, she did almost 30 films, most of them My westerns. God. Um, mm-hmm. and but she was mostly doing serials which she didn't like, and so she when they tried to get her to do another one yet again, um, for, you know, all basically westerns, um, she tried to get out of her 
contract and miraculously managed to. But unfortunately, by wow. then, she was so well known for Westerns that she literally couldn't get any other film work. And she really was sick of Westerns. So she basically kind of pretty much left doing film uh, and went on to sort of wow. focus on raising her family. Um, she did like, so she left film in 1953. She did do some television work, mostly Westerns while raising her family. And then was also actively involved in the Los Angeles theatrical community. And then, yeah, just kind of like did bit parts in her later years in, you know, things like Buffy. She was in Weeds. Um, she was yeah. in um, Mission Impossible, the TV series. I didn't even know there was a TV series, Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I only found out this about this the other day. It was sort of before the Tom Cruise stuff. Yeah, yeah. right, before Tom Looks Cruise. Like an a, it was like an over-the-top A-team sort of wow. um, spy show. It, it invented the... Um, this this uh, this um, message will self destruct in five seconds. Oh my god! You know that whole trope. It started oh, in that TV show. Yeah. She um, had an eight episode run in Days of Our Lives in the uh, nice. early eighties. Um, she was in Seinfeld. She played Aunt May in an episode of Seinfeld. She was in Frasier. Oh. She was in Charmed, Beverly Hills 90210. You know all oh of the gosh. all of the usual ones. Um, <clears throat> and her very last appearance was in a TV show called Getting On in 2014. I've never heard of it. Um, she played the character of Mrs. Decker. Oh, and she also played Sylvia in The Office, The American Office. Um, and I believe so. She was in the christening in Niagara, Niagara Part One. So I'm pretty sure she was um, she was Pam's like disapproving grandma, grandma or, something? or something like that is my vague recollection of who yeah, she was I think yes I remember that in the yes so i think it made michael like apologizes to yes. her thinking it's pam's mom that he oh, yes yeah, i yeah, think yeah. so yes yeah. yeah, something like that yes so that so yes huh. so quite the career has our has our peggy stewart had um hell yeah, yeah. huge career so thank you very much Peggy, for gracing yeah, our awesome. screens Good stuff, peggy. Love your work, that's peggy. our name that minor character for the week Awesome. Cool, such a good one. Yeah. yeah, such a good one. Yeah, and also such a good lead-in. Really enjoyed that, Chris. Oh my god, <laughs> I, did, I was hoping. I was hoping. Oh. So, um, Justin show up for school. So Buffy goes to check on him and finds Joyce. Mm. Um, so, so here's your first cue that something's amiss, Buffy. Joyce just hands you the car keys. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, something is amiss. Um, well. I, at this point, I sort of thought that because Buffy was eating the chocolate as well, right? Yes. So I sort of thought she was also was under she? the spell. Was she? I don't think she was. I don't think we saw it on camera, like in hindsight. You th- this is you I, making I an assumption. Was... Is this partly because of the way she drives right now with Willow as a terrified passenger? This is me literally like, Willow is a terrified right. passenger as Buffy hoons around the neighborhood. Chris, did you think at this point Buffy was acting a little out of character too? I thought Why it was going to be down to Willow. I thought Willow was the only straight oh, character. Wow, it, yes. it, they made a point that she hadn't been eating it. Yes, and, and so we I saw figured that, Xander oh no, it's gonna be it. up to Willow to save the day, sort of thing. Yeah, a bit like bad oh, eggs. You know, like exactly. Buffy was the only one who was still yeah. straight then. This time it's Willow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to be honest with you, as I was watching this, like with Buffy hooning around the neighborhood, like, I mean, I know they were just trying to make a joke about her being a bad driver, but frankly, she was acting irresponsible in a way that was out of character, I think, for her. So yeah, it was yeah. kind of, at this point, I feel like it was almost a red herring, like you were supposed to think it was broader than just the adults. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's again them just trying to push this like driving thing too hard. Like in the <laughs> earlier scene where it was Joyce and Buffy in the kitchen and it was like, just let me drive. No, you can't. And then I was like, now I can drive. I'm going to be like the whole driving storyline throughout the whole episode. It's a weird one. It's just weird mm. and doesn't yeah. work for any of the characters. Yeah. It was a weird yeah. one. Yeah. Could have could have left that out. <laughs> yeah. So then we cut back to Joyce and Giles definitely not being themselves. 
starting to get a little. Uh, I thought you were going to say definitely out. fucking. That's oh, what I you were say. <laughs> oh we'll get to that. They will definitely oh be fucking. <laughs> uh, again, I feel like every every time there was like a cigarette in this cigarette, I kept having to like squint and make sure it wasn't like a joint. I was like, that is just a cigarette, right? Yes. Because they're acting like they're smoking weed. I know. I do love this kind of like, see, this is relatable teenage behavior, you know, just like chilling out in the lounge room, listen to music, just like shooting the shit, you know, going, oh, this is my favorite part, you know, mm, 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 mm. the drums come in. I just think that was really relatable. That was definitely. Yeah, I also loved, um, <laughs> I also loved Giles, like repping the, the Cream album. Very cool. Yes. Um, did, I love that album. Did Joyce cut her like dress into a skirt? Oh, oh! Did you put something clothing related that we didn't? Oh my I guess so. I'm gonna have to go back. It's sort of a bit choppy, watch. like when she was walking around, and oh. Joyce didn't doesn't usually have a have her legs out. No, but I don't know. I just, Maybe she did. Maybe that's something I totally missed. Wow. Maybe she like borrowed one of Buffy's skirts or something. Maybe. Nah, Buffy Maybe. Noticed that. Buffy noticed that. Mm. So we cut to the bronze. For once, it's not depressing night at the bronze. <laughs> Dingers ain't my baby. I've never had such an enthusiastic crowd. <laughs> I've um I've hosted a lot of like corporate and fundraising events in my time, which is for for many people of a certain age is their only nights out. Yeah, like and yeah. I've, I've been I've to seen these events. This. Yeah, I've seen honestly this. like this isn't this isn't adults acting like teenagers. This is adults on a corporate night out. It totally is. Oh, You're absolutely right. Uh-huh. Like I always yeah. act like this all the time. <laughs> I used to I used to run workshops for teachers at like a oh, kind yeah. of like retreat workshop oh, kind of like weekend like two nights away kind of thing um yeah oh my god if, it, if it's their only night off adults yeah. go they go wild <laughs> but then we also get like super awesome i'm fucking loving miss barton high as a kite it's so oh, great yeah. she's just like yeah. willow that's like a tree <laughs> hello little tree hello little tree are so there good. any nachos in here little tree <laughs> she's so good i love her yeah. oh pig oh, pig you're the best <laughs> so Buffy oh. and willow are suddenly realizing there is something very wrong with the adults in in sunnydale um i do i like this line from willow where buffy's like they're acting like a bunch of us and willow says i don't act like that yes that's right not every teenager is an irresponsible, petulant child. Damn yeah. Straight. Also, this is like this. This stuff's crazy. I mean, all like the shirtless people on the stage that are like crowd surfing yeah. or like honestly, just diving this onto is the adults floor. on a night out, on a binge night out. This is not teenagers. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah, and like the you know they're more like a cross between college students and ten year olds. You know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like. I like. Because all of the adults kind of have their own take on how the candy affects them. And yeah. I like how Snyder is kind he clearly just kind of reverts to like his loser teen. Where he's yes. like, let me join in. <laughs> I want to be part of your group. Oh my God, Mabel, I've literally got a line here that says, tag along Snyder is such an insight into who he was in high school. <laughs> oh it like, makes it's so brilliant. much sense why he like decided to be a principal where he can yes. like control high school students. Yes. And, like, Make to be the boss of them. Yes, it's such a the, the insight into Snyder's character in this episode is totally amazing. Yeah, yeah. I also really appreciate Snyder saying to like complimenting Oz on his hair, and yeah. and Oz's face is kind of like not sure whether to be insulted or appreciative. 
you know, and he's, he's kind like, of got this, should like, I rethink kind of this hairstyle? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. So, um, Giles and Joyce are like totally dating now. Right? Like totally dating. Look at I, this. I swear so, I called this. I swear I called this like episode eight. Yeah. Yes, and I think and we both Megan and I, yeah, we were, we were thinking we were of this episode immediately. This episode. We were like, we were yeah. like, I cannot wait until Chris gets to bed candy. <laughs> that has been like, ever since you brought this up, I've just been like, oh my 100%. God, bad candy is coming. And we're finally here. Even when I started watching this episode, I was like, oh, Chris is going to finally see Joyce yes. and Giles. <laughs> I know. Final. I'm like, I'm like, because Giles beats up the cop, uh, cop, and then I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to get Chris's reaction on the kissing scene. I've literally written that here. <laughs> um. Oh. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you don't, you don't uh, want what you want, you know. Sometimes yeah. when, you, when you get what you ask for, you yeah. sort of regret it. You know? It was no, very much like seeing what you need. <laughs> mm. um, it was very much seeing mum and dad kiss, right? Yeah. Like yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah it was. I feel like maybe maybe when I first watched it, it wasn't as bad. But I feel like now, I don't know, maybe it was just as bad. It seems extra bad these days. Like maybe I know Giles and Joyce so much better now after watching this hundreds of times. It was a little, like I had a little bit of a, like I remember feeling differently about this. I remember being like, oh my God, Giles and Joyce getting it on. But this time I was a bit like, oh, it feels a bit weird actually. I know. I was kind of like, oh no, sure I it. can't, I can't <laughs> look. I need to look away. I was like looking through my fingers. Yeah. So Buffy gets into a car crash. Um, saw that coming. But that frankly, time. like yeah. surprisingly, it wasn't her bad driving. Shockingly. <laughs> um, it was like a really bad crash. It was a like, really bad crash. Like there should have been severe whiplash. And he was oh, driving yeah. at speed. Like there would have been and way no- more damage than None of them have gone to the hospital for like a checkup or anything. Nothing. <laughs> Everyone's just like. I'm at the hospital. Well, that's right. Yeah. So they hop out yeah, of the car and realise something big is going on since everyone's out and about and there's no vamps around and Buffy's like, oh, the candy. It's the candy. <laughs> Reveal moment. But of so, course. Yeah, so she goes to the uh, source of the candy and has the, mo- the moment that we've all just had, catches Giles <laughs> and Joyce kissing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Her stop take, like when <laughs> she's walking and you just see her stop. Oh, <laughs> satisfied. Uh, also, can I just acknowledge that Giles found time to put on some eyeliner at some point? Oh, I didn't notice that. Is it just me or is he starting to channel Spike a little bit? Uh, <laughs> well, funny you mention that because <laughs> he's the only one who when taking Candy's accents, his accent changed. Well, that's because he yeah. has reverted to Ripper Giles, who we have yeah. heard about in Dark Age, this guy who, like, is into dark magic and stuff, and that was who yeah. he was. That's the way he was. So he's obviously become more refined through different accent training. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the Eliza Doolittle of the Watcher world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> Thanks. That literally just came to me, and I was really proud of it, so I'm so glad you guys reacted the way you did. <laughs> oh. I'm convinced. You convinced me with that one. You won me over. All right. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Buffy infiltrates the candy factory and finds Ethan Rain on the phone telling someone the town's wide open and they can go anytime. I do enjoy how Ethan needs basically zero encouragement, like one punch in the face to tell oh, yeah. everything he knows. Yeah. <laughs> he I, I good... like 
I like his consistency yes. as kind of like a, a slimy villain, you know? It's like whoever yeah. will pay him more, whoever will beat him up less, he'll betray everyone. He has no yes. loyalty. He's just like, yep. yes. he just does it for the money or perks or whatever. Yeah. Like he doesn't, or the chaos. So I have to say I've got one critique of this episode outside of the unfortunate Xander, Xander Willow stuff. And it's that I would have actually liked to have seen more joy from Ethan on seeing Giles now as Ripper again and them almost having a bit more of a chummy moment. Like, oh. this is... Ripper was, like, like, like Ethan's best friend. They were, like, close. So I kind of felt like it would have been nice for them to have a little bit more, like... I don't know. I just would have liked to have seen more interaction between Ethan and Ripper given that, like... That was the, that version of Giles was literally like so involved with Ethan. I feel like there could have been more between them. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think this is more consistent to what's actually happening because it's not like a time machine. Like his 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 mental state him. is like reverting, but he's still like current Giles, and that's why sure. he hates Ethan. But like with the kind of hate that young Ripper would have. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. It just would have been nice to have like maybe one callback. You know. Yeah, so, yeah. I started with you, Megan. Like, I think like um, Ethan could have got more joy out of it for sure, and like sort yes, of you know yes. reveled in that he's gone back to his he's world. He's gone back life. to Ripper. Welcome yeah. back. Like, even just a oh, nice to see you, Ripper, or something. Mm. You know, like it yeah. would have been cool. I'm yeah. still. I feel like I'll forever be ho- crossing my fingers for a Ripper spinoff show. I like, know. God, I can't I wait. Just, I can't wait for the day. I want yeah. it. Forget the Buffy reboot. Exactly. Ripper I want like Ripper spinoff way more than a Buffy <laughs> reboot. Like, <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> and you could even have Anthony Stewart guest star at some point because like they could do like a time jump or something you know like where like young ripper who they cast to be you know i don't know who they would get but like he does like a you know a jump through time and space you know through some magic spell and like gets to meet his old self and like they could have this like great little repartee i feel like that would have been amazing but anyway yeah we aren't in charge of these things (laughs) so buffy finds out that the demon needs a tribute oh i've literally written that as an attribute like when I was typing, these <laughs> attributes needs a tribute. Turns out it's babies. Not going to be yeah. great. Um, yeah, look. Yeah. So Buffy heads I off do, to the phone. I kind of like how it ties. Because first I was like, oh, this is all just for like for babies. It's a very elaborate scheme. But then it kind of seems appropriate because it's run by the mayor and he's like he's doing things so that's like it's completely untraceable you know like he's got this whole thing yeah it's kind of intricately planned Mm. and it doesn't actually seem that over the top when you think it through it's like it's for what his needs are yeah totally yeah yeah it's it's kind of cool uh buffy heads off to find the babies and the demon and uh, Joyce offers up some handcuffs to tie up Ethan. Ugh. And Buffy says, never tell me. <laughs> listen, listen, Joyce is pulling it off. Jo- is, Joyce right? is pulling it off. Totally. Yes. I love her. I love her, like, choker necklace that she's got, her, like, yes. gum thing. I love her, Chewing like, gum popular thing. girl attitude. I'm yes. kind of like, this is totally what Joyce was like as a teenager. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. what I, I love everyone's individual take on how every adult in the yes. episode changes. You've got Snyder yeah. being, like, the needy yes. kid. You've got Giles being Ripper. You've got Joyce being such a cool, popular yeah. girl. I feel um, like this is us finally seeing what Christine Sutherland can do, right? Like, yeah, she for sure. is... So good in this. Yes. So good. Yes. It's great yeah. to give her a chance to be 
not just bland Joyce mum where they give yeah, very sure. little to do. Yeah. And so, yes, as you say, Mabel, we, we now discover that Giles the Watcher is still in there somewhere and he starts to have some memories and he remembers where the demon is because the babies are gone and they're going to have to find uh, where they've been taken. And somehow randomly knowing that they dwell in the sewer will be enough to find the demon. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a fair bit of sewer sewer network in town right it definitely worked out kind of conveniently but given like how much episode time they had to allocate to different things i'm glad they like sped up that and gave us more of the other stuff that's true it was irrelevant it wasn't important like i'm happy with that also can we just go back and briefly enjoy um like Ripper Giles egging Slayer Buffy on to like beat up Ethan Rain for the information. <laughs> <Hit> <laughs> and then she punches him in the face and he like he's like yes, yes. Little yes. jumps yes. up and like a little leap into the air. <laughs> yeah. A little mini buffy jump. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. I love uh, it. Yeah, it's so good much. stuff. It's good okay. stuff. Um so then we're in the sewer and uh we get we get like, I really, I really do appreciate the character of the mayor, right? Like, yeah. he is this yes. kind of incredible juxtaposition of things. So he's down mm-hmm. in the sewer waiting for this demon to come and eat some babies. And he's on the phone booking a meeting for tomorrow because he is super concerned about the state of the sewers while he's down there feeding babies to demons. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's amazing. Just, yeah, so oh. casual, just a casual yeah. little work call as all this is going on around him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. He's an interesting yeah. sort of Buffyverse personification of the politician who is willing to stay in office at all costs, but still thinks they have the best interests of their city slash state slash country at heart, right? Like, it's actually quite an interesting sort of it's so overblown and it's a it's a ridiculous character right he's a he's a demon worshipping mayor right but there is there is this version of politician that exists frankly today in 2020 and there's plenty of them who i genuinely think think that they have the best interests of the country at heart but they are willing to do anything to win office so that they can be giving people the best interests even though the thing that they're doing is actually not in the best interests of people. It's quite an interesting... I think you could argue almost every politician is... is <laughs> uh, it's true. It's true. Democracy is about yeah. winning. And, you know, yeah. sometimes that means yeah. they do things that uh, aren't in the best interests of people, thinking that they will still be the best people to run the country. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's a fascinating I think, once again, like, Buffy has done a really good job. Like, Buffy the TV show has done a really good job of, like, choosing an appropriate, like, villain figure. Like, a poet, yes. like, a mayor of Sunnydale is a really good choice. Absolutely. Because it's, yeah, it's very easy to see the kind of real world version of that, you know, which is what Buffy's all about, kind of like, you know, demon representations of real world things. Yeah. Yeah. And they really put in like the effort in the writing to like add those lines and the consistency to like the depth of his character to show that. Mm. I'm I'm, going to make a Chris prediction. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Love these. Love these. Yep. So... The mayor is sort of the big bad of this season and he might not die this season, but he can't, he can't hang around forever. He's going to, mayor's going to die at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. So someone needs to take over being the mayor. And I mean, Buffy could just like sweep that under the rug, but I reckon Snyder. 
will be the mayor. <gasps> oh. like, so it'll sort of become like half good, half bad. And like, yeah. it'll become like a sort of a, a buff is like, you know, uh, like he's, I hate, I hate Snyder, but he's like, he, he has the best, best intentions of Sunnydale in mind. And then Sunnydale, and then so Snyder will become the mayor after the mayor's gone and sort of move on as principal. I that's love my, it. That's my pick. That's my I pick. I love it. And then right Giles the will adopt Buffy and they'll like all yes. live one big happy family. It's going to be great. Exactly. Excellent. Exactly. Very cool. Very cool. So Buffy arrives at the sewer because she figured out how to get there um, and it doesn't matter how and kicks some ass just in time for the big snake demon to arrive. Gotta love this. Is anyone getting like Makita version two vibes? Yes. Like, Do you remember Makita, Chris? Which one is Makita? The he one was the that... snake, the frat boy snake. Oh, I loved Makita. The... Yes. I love Makita. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I was getting more Scorpion King vibes from the yeah, CG, yeah, yeah. CGI quality we, we had here. <laughs> that's the um, HD. That's the HD for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gotta love a good epic snake demon, you know? Yeah. I also, you gotta love. Buffy's resourcefulness. She Ooh. creates a makeshift flamethrower to kill the fucking demon. That is pretty impressive. Super I cool. Like I looked away for a second here and I'm like, hold on, there's a flamethrower now? What? <laughs> so she literally like kicks a gas pipe out of the ceiling and then yeah. lights the gas pipe on one of the torches that are around oh. the walls and turns it into a flamethrower. It was amazing. Right. It's super, super cool. I also cool. like I also like that it almost plays off the the mayor's comment earlier about how like gas pipes are leaking or something yes yeah. she uses the shitty gas pipes yes it all again like a great together. a great job with buffy actually like everything has a purpose you know jane even these espenson. throwaway lines jane espenson you guys it's exciting i'm glad really she's good. on board she's she honestly has written some of the best episodes of like you look at her list of episodes that she's written coming up and it's some of my favorite episodes i'm very excited oh i'm super excited yeah so um Mayor and Mr. Trick are in his office and he is mm. not happy about the results of the evening. And it gets, it is, again, there's this magnetic quality to their, to their scenes yeah. together, you know. Like, Mr. Trick is kind of scary on his own. Like, he's kind of this resourceful, well-put-together vampire who's survived very well. And yet the mayor can super intimidate him, you know. And he's mm. all like, you know, maybe don't... Uh, do me any more favors kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. It's again, yeah. it's again that like, you know, Mr. Trick is being so confident as usual, but it's like he's he's not going too far over the line. Yeah. You know, he knows to hold back. Yes. Yeah. He's quite a generous actor, really, because a lot of people would sort of get in their head and be like, no, I'm supposed to be scary. I can't get any intimidated. I, I've got to be a scary one. And then mm. it just the same but he's sort of willing to like the fact that he is scary and then that he is scared by the mayor just sort of intensifies everything. And it's good. It makes the mayor seem that much more scary too, right? Like it really does help you kind of really be quite nervous about this new character because like we've already established that Mr. Trick is scary and now he's scared and that's scary. (laughs) I think from the actor's point of view, it like shows that he has thought through who Mr. Trick as a character is to the point where those things don't conflict with themselves that Mm. he is both and he knows how to convey that. Mm. Yep. I hope he sticks around. I feel like he could die any episode now. And Mr. I'm just, Trick I'm just, or the man. Yeah. I just want him to stick around for the end of the season, you know? Yeah. So Snyder's back to his joyful self and the world is right again. <laughs> oh, I missed him. I missed, I missed regular Snyder. He's great. Yeah. And I also enjoy uh, Willow not knowing 
what kiss rocks <laughs> kiss and what kiss rocks means that's great stuff yeah. uh, it's even spray painted in like the kiss font like it is that's very impressive whoever did that yeah had to be snyder yeah. right i think it was snyder totally yeah. Yeah. snyder was a kiss fan for sure yeah yeah because they were they were misfits you know they were outcasts yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was a, he was a kiss fan for sure well, I like that even more, actually, if that if that's Snyder telling the kids to clean up his own graffiti. Yeah. Like, that plays in so well again for just, like, teen Snyder, again, going yes. back to Principal Snyder and getting yes. to tell the high schoolers to clean up his own graffiti. Absolutely. Yes, right. I love it. I love it. Um, so we get this great scene at the end where Buffy and Giles are walking out of the school talking about something really scary and, you know, <laughs> Buffy's, like, just so terrified in this moment and it turns out it was the SATs. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I really enjoy all of that kind of, like, you know, um, sort of mirroring her her Slayer life with her school life. It's always really great. Yeah. And then we get the awkward exchange between Giles and Joyce and they definitely <laughs> had sex and it's great. <laughs> Oh my god! It's you can just so tell they had so much fun filming this episode. Yeah, yeah. I can really just feel the electricity. Just even watching it, it's yeah. so much yeah. fun. Yeah, I love good. this about like supernatural shows in general. But like then, of course, Buffy. I love how supernatural a supernatural premise gives you so much flexibility with what you can allow your actors to do. You know, yeah. like yeah. you can yes. really. There's a lot of episodes where you can mix things up. Yeah, mm. totally. It's and you just really, really get to fresh. see, yeah, you get to see different sides of these characters that you just don't always get to see in regular dramas because they kind of yeah. have to stick within, you know, the parameters that have been created for the character kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, no, yeah. it's great stuff. And you're right, the chemistry between, between Anthony Stewart Head and Christine Sutherland is so beautiful. Oh, <laughs> oh, I love it. I've been wanting to, I can't tell you how long I've been wanting to talk about this. Seriously. Like in the scenes <laughs> up to now, I've been desperate oh to mention this. <laughs> I know, oh like, my God, the first time Chris mentioned it, it was just like, yeah. like my brain literally just went straight to them making out on the cop car. Like, yes. I, that was the instant image I got. <laughs> so good. So good to have you here with us now, Chris. Yeah, it's, yeah. Good, it's good to be here. So that's the end of the episode. Um, death count this week. Three vampires dusted by Buffy Summers in the sewers. The factory guy killed by Mr. Trick in that great scene where he's like, were you sampling the product? And he kills him. And then he's just like, how do you know he was sampling the product? And he said, I don't, but now I know nobody else will. Great motivator. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yes. Um, a vampire that's eaten by Laconis early, mm-hmm. early on. Mm-hmm. And then Laconis burned by the makeshift flamethrower. Of course. Yes. So that's, uh, yeah, that's our death count. Oh, um, great episode. Favourite yeah, quote. Is. Favourite quote. Now, what I will tell you is that Jane Espenson has gone on record in many interviews as saying that whenever anyone comes to her to praise a script she's written, invariably the lines they highlight have all been written by Joss during the editing process. So I'm sure it's quite possibly going to be the case here. But anyway, we'll never Uh, know. We'll never know. Tell us your favourite quote, Chris. Call me Snyder. Just last name like Barbarino. (laughs) I am so stoked. (laughs) Snyder, Snyder, man. I did I did shortlist Amazing. that as well. That um, is good. Just quickly, who yeah. is Barbarino? Ah, so. Uh, you want to hear this one, Megan? No, you go, Chris. You seem to just know <laughs> it off the top of your head. I'm going to Well, um, my parents were both really big fans of a TV show called Welcome Back, Cotter. Yeah. And it's sort of like a, a school schoolyard, school TV show. And it's best known as sort of the start of John Travolta. 
And he played oh. the character Barbarino, a Vinny oh. Barbarino, Vincent Barbarino, I think it was. And he was like sort of the cool, cool as a cucumber, sort of the Fonzie of the show, really. Oh my and that's God. sort of where he got his start. And so, wow. Snyder sort of wants to be. That's, oh my know, God. Cool. You had way more information than I did. And that was amazing. Thank I you. I love yeah. that so much. Like, I already thought that lie was great, but that, again, that just for so Snyder to be saying that and yes. like the teenage Snyder. Just imagine Snyder with that? the Travolta haircut. Remind me when he, he says it that, at Chris? the bronze. At the bronze. Uh, it's it's when he first appears as the teenager yeah. yes yeah. okay yes yeah. yes he's Excellent. like this yeah. place is fun city oh yes God. yeah same he line so not barbarino mabel um i honestly i'm going with another snyder quote oh, and I think, like i just love teenage snyder it, it was it was when they were in the car and he's just like whoa summers you drive like a spaz <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. I just can't get enough. It's like- <laughs> Teenage Snyder, he is the best. Yeah. Oh, my cheeks are actually hurting from smiling so much this episode. Seriously, oh, it's been such a joy. It it's has been, been a joy. It a is joy. absolute joy. So mine is actually a Buffy quote, and it's right near the end. Um, and I've chosen it partly because it kind of really holds the mirror up to Buffy villains, but generally villains in in like these sorts of shows. So I always, I just appreciate it because I just think it really is like very meta almost. So Mr. Trick like calls out to Buffy and he's like, you and me girl, you know, we're going to have our moment in the sun. And Buffy says, they never just leave. They always got to say something. (laughs) I just really appreciate that line. I loved that as well. (laughs) I I feel like that's another Buffy thing. They often do like comment on the trope or like yes. They like For comment sure. on the, the very thing that they're bit. constantly perpetuating. Yes, I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's great. No. Uh, so what won the episode for you, Chris? Um, so as soon as it was sort of revealed and Giles turned around and smoked his first cigarette, I was like, it's got to be this. It's got to be this. Surely, surely nothing can beat Giles smoking. And then he has two at one point and he's just like chain smoking the entire episode. But you got to give it up to teenage Snyder. Like he is so perfect. He's so yeah. funny. Like he yeah. just, ah, oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it just explains everything and it just feels so right. And uh, I love me some Snyder at the best of times. And, and this was certainly the best of times. <laughs> I actually had a feeling that was going to be the thing that won the episode for you. And I'm not surprised. And I think that's yeah. a great choice. What can I say? <laughs> Mabel. Yeah, I mean, I kind of started with where Chris was at and then I just stayed there. I mean, <laughs> Ripper Giles, Teenage Giles, 100% yeah. wins it for me. I love it too much. I think that's why I ended up like not being able to give my favourite quote to one of the things he said because I just, it was just all of it. Like I just mm-hmm. loved every yeah. Giles-Ripper interaction and I love Anthony Stewart Head and I just totally Clearly- it for me. Clearly you and I have come at this episode from the very same place because that is exactly my thing. It is Giles. Giles in his ripperiest best. Give us the spin-off. It is so good. It is a joy to watch. And just the Giles Joyce interactions, like everything, every moment that Giles is on on scene, on screen as Ripper is sensational in this episode. And it brings me such joy. So interestingly, the accent used by Tony Head for young Giles isn't his own accent either. So he has, so he has two accents obviously in this show, but neither of them is actually his accent. So like Giles is this super upper class 
<laughs> um, whereas Tony has this kind of slightly refined Southern accent, but like mm. Giles is like the real, like, you know, Cockney, you know, you what? That kind of accent. <laughs> so yeah, I just thought that was quite interesting. There you go. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want, I want this podcast episode to just like start a movement. I want the ripper. I just want the Yes. Let's start a Twitter hashtag trending. Let's it's reawakened it the need in me, you know. <laughs> 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 oh, so good. So good. Uh, well, that's it. End of episode. Awesome. Man, that was a oh, short such one. such a good one. Yeah, because it yeah. just wasn't so much to say because it's just so good. It's just quality yeah. content. Yeah. Yep. Um, Chris, tell us where we can find you. Uh, guys, if, you, if you've laughed at me here, you, you'll keep on <laughs> laughing over at the Poor Boys Recommends. Uh, poor Boys Recommend, I should say. No plural there. Um, <laughs> it's, it's my other podcast done with uh, Davey, a friend of the show who's been on this, uh, this podcast a couple of times. Uh, me, Davey and Stu, the three of us get together and recommend different things for each other to do. Uh, this week I had to uh, wear acrylic nails, like those, those fake nails. Oh, that would uh, be hard. It is awful. It is awful. <laughs> I had like, I, I woke up at like 5.30 this morning and I just like got really, um, uh, what's it called? Claustrophobic and I felt <laughs> trapped. I was feeling like Edward hands the whole time. So I just took them off this morning. I couldn't deal with it anymore. <laughs> I hated it so much. Anyway. How long did you uh, have them on for? So I had to have them on for 48 hours, but I only got to hour 18. Oh, <laughs> I wow. I couldn't do it. I wow. flipped out. I, I, yeah, I was not, uh, not coping well. Let's just wow. say. Yeah. Uh, you can hear all, all about it. You can hear all about it over at uh, the Poor Boys Recommends. If you're not sure where to start, episode 17 is a fun one. That could be a fun oh, one. Or, great. Uh, hear, hear about my acrylic nails or... Uh, whatever go check it out it's good it's good fun fun. oh i've never worn acrylic nails i love how like you're such a pro like you're like have you updated your instagram to a public figure yet because you're just like yeah you're so good at like spruiking now that was amazing the lead in was great you know you really got it down and you got like the lead into the minor character this week you're like you're like getting your rhythm chris (laughs) too much potting for my own good oh my god soon we can like advertise this podcast as like did you know we've got chris from the pool boys yes. on the Buffy podcast. Yes, celebrity can like bring people in. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to bother Mabel, and I'm yeah, just going to yeah. tell people where to find us. Buffy Strayer. <laughs> Buffy Strayer. <laughs> so we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram, uh, and you can send us a, an email. Australia at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, so that's the end of the episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Sounds good. Cool. Let's do it. Awesome. Yeah. Did we ever say goodbye? Have we said like goodbye? Oh, oh shit. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to make it under the bloopers for this one. <laughs> I just, uh, forgot to say goodbye, guys. Uh, so thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Oh, we're All right. such I'll do I'll do a proper one so that we can actually cut it in. <laughs> <laughs>